Welcome to the Raised with Jesus podcast, 10 minutes every day where the life of Jesus meets yours. You've got your daily Bible reading from Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. They went to the other side of the sea, into the region of the Gerasenes. As soon as Jesus stepped out of the boat, a man with an unclean spirit came out of the tombs to meet him. The man lived in the tombs. Nobody could bind him anymore, not even with the chain. For he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but he pulled the chains apart and broke the shackles into pieces. Nobody had the strength to subdue him. Night and day, in the tombs and in the mountains, he was constantly crying out and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and bowed down in front of him. He cried out in a loud voice, What do I have to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you to swear by God, not to torment me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, because we are many. He begged Jesus repeatedly that he would not send them out of the region. There was a large herd of pigs feeding there on the hillside. The demons begged him, Send us into the pigs, so that we may enter them. Jesus gave them permission. The unclean spirits went out and entered the pigs. Then the herd of about two thousand pigs rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned. Those who were feeding the pigs ran and reported this in the city and the countryside. People came to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons, sitting there clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it described for these people what had happened to the demon-possessed man, and they told them about the pigs. They began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to stay with Jesus, but Jesus would not let him. Instead, he told him, Go home to your people, and tell them everything the Lord has done for you, and how he has had mercy on you. The man left and began to proclaim in the Decapolis everything that Jesus had done for him, and everyone was amazed. When Jesus had again crossed over in the boat to the other side, a large crowd gathered around him near the sea. Then one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus came. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet and repeatedly pleaded with him, My little daughter is near death. Please come and place your hands on her so that she may be healed and live. Jesus went with him, and a large crowd was following him pressed tightly against him. A certain woman who was there had a discharge of blood for twelve years. She had suffered much on the care of many physicians, and had spent all that she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard what was being said about Jesus, she went up behind him in the crowd and touched his robe. She said, If I just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately her flow of blood stopped and she felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. At that moment Jesus knew that power had gone out from him. He turned round in the crowd and asked, Who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing tightly against you, and yet you say, Who touched me? Nevertheless, he kept looking round to see who had done this. The woman was trembling with fear, since she knew what had happened to her. She came forward, fell down in front of him, and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your suffering. While he was still speaking, people from the synagogue ruler's house arrived, saying, Your daughter is dead. Why bother the teacher any more? But when Jesus heard this report, he told the synagogue ruler, 
Don't be afraid, only believe. He did not allow anyone to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. They went into the house of the synagogue ruler, and Jesus saw a commotion with people weeping and wailing loudly. When he entered, he said to them, Why are you making such a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but sleeping. They laughed at him. But after he put everyone out, he took the father of the child, her mother, and those who were with him, and went in where the child was. Grasping the hand of the child, he said to her, Talitha kum, which, when translated, means, Little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately the little girl stood up and began to walk around. She was twelve years old. They were completely and utterly amazed. Then he gave them strict orders to not let anyone know about this, and he told them to give her something to eat. This is the word of our God. Jesus crosses over to the Decapolis, the area of the Ten Cities, which was actually Gentile territory right next to uh, the land of Palestine, the land of Israel. And when he gets there, he meets this man who exhibits all the trademarks of demonic possession. Um, There is an unusual superhuman strength. That one is fairly notable. The man cannot be bound even with a chain. There is knowledge that he would not have known and could not know on his own. As soon as the boat lands, the man cries out, What do you want with this, Jesus, the Son of the Most High God? I know who you are. And um, the the other one that kind of stands out that that actually we don't have here is talking in like a language um, that had never been studied and um, and having some sort of ability that... You know, it isn't necessarily on the the physical side like strength, but being able to talk in a way that um, had not been studied, which is again a another superhuman feat and task and ability. And so, what Jesus does is his heart goes out to this man. You've just got to imagine, imagine for a moment what life was like with this man. Um, he's crying out day and night. He is tormented. He is. Um, it's not pleasant. <laughs> we don't know how this all started. We don't know how this all started or where it began, um, other than the Garden of Eden, of course. But we do know that Jesus' heart goes out to him. And Jesus proves that he has the power over over these demons as well, no matter how many they number. And he these demons are crying out, hey, don't send us out of this region, don't torment us. And Jesus allows them, permits them to go into that herd of pigs, about 2,000 in number. And they're in so much disarray, and they are so disorderly that they just run down the, the bank and they and they die. So then the demons aren't possessing them anymore anyway. And um, And I think that part is just kind of a hallmark of the disorder and the disarray that that the devil has along with his demons. And so what do we learn from this? I mean, first first of all, from this, this segment, um, this miracle is also repeated in, I think it's Matthew chapter 8, um, which, and, and there it's kind of told in connection with uh, calming of the storm or something like that. Um, but what do we learn from this is that Jesus cares, first of all. And then secondly, Jesus has the power. Um, Jesus cares about this man. And Jesus has the power to release him from his malady, from the possession. And um, and then secondly, or thirdly, I suppose, this is the only time when Jesus gets in the boat and the people are terrified. They're saying, get out of here. We don't want you around here. Um, that's 
you know, <laughs> if we understand it, that it is the Gentile area of the Gerasenes or the Gadarenes or however you pronounce it, it's over by the Decapolis, the region of the Ten Cities. So to the right and, uh, you know, about four o'clock on the map, if you're looking at a map with the Sea of Galilee in it. And Jesus says to the man, go home and tell your family what and how much I've done for you. And he doesn't tell the man to keep quiet. He tells the man to go home and speak from his own personal experience what happened to him and what Jesus had done for him, that Jesus cared, that Jesus had the power, and that Jesus put those two things together to free him from that demonic possession. And that man's work of speaking in that region is really going to prepare the region for the next time that Jesus comes back. Um, they're not going to be shushing him out and sending him away. They're going to be welcoming him when, when he arrives there. And with the other account, we have a series of contrasts as well. The synagogue ruler, that is the kind of like we would call church council president or church chairman or maybe um, head elder, it's kind of all those things. The synagogue ruler is in charge of the organizational functioning of the synagogue as well as the, the basic um, discussion and teaching that's going on there. Kind of the buck stops with him, and he's supposed to know his, know his scripture a little bit. And his daughter is sick, and um, and they invite Jesus to come on over. And there's this woman who, again, is suffering much, but now the context is different. Now we're in a Jewish context. She's got this issue of blood, and the other just the other um, gospel writers tell us that she has spent all of her money on many doctors, but instead of making it any better, it only grew worse. And you could just imagine this, you know, dealing with anemia. Um, dealing with the pain. We we understand all that, but religiously, she is a social outcast um, because of the blood. She is unclean, and whatever she, whoever she touches is unclean. And if she touches an item, like she picks up a pen, walks into a store, picks up a pen, sets it down, that pen is unclean, and whoever touches that pen becomes unclean which means that you are excluded from the daily religious life of the land of Israel until you offer a sacrifice for your cleansing. And so it's it's not just that she is dealing with the pain, she's dealing with all the physical effects of this, but she's also dealing with the, um, the ostracization, really, being cut off from the religious life of the land of Israel and having people know her and treat her like this. Um without any compassion, but Jesus alone has compassion. And the the other interesting thing is that every other time the woman touches someone or something, that person or thing becomes unclean. And now she touches the hem of Jesus' garment. She like crawls through the crowd or something like that. And um, instead of her making him unclean, he makes her clean. And what do we see? Um, the spiritual reality that Jesus addresses for both of these people is the same spiritual reality that you and I were born into, under the control of the devil, um, members of his kingdom and not members of the kingdom of Christ, um, distance from God and unclean. And we cannot do anything to make ourselves clean, just like this woman. She could not do anything to make herself spiritually clean. But Jesus has the power, he has the compassion, he has the ability. And he is the one who has come to make people clean. He has come to set people free from the 
from the kingdom of the devil and bring them into the kingdom of his grace. This kind of reminds us of the second petition to the Lord's Prayer. The you know We've got the address, Our Father who art in heaven. Uh, the first petition, Hallowed be thy name. And the second petition, Thy kingdom come. And Luther's explanation for it talks about this. What does this mean? Answer, the kingdom of God indeed comes without our prayer by itself. But we pray in this petition that it may come to us also. How, how does this happen? How is this done? Uh, when our Heavenly Father gives us His Holy Spirit, so that by grace we believe His Holy Word and lead a godly life here in time and in heaven in eternity. And so when we talk about the kingdom of God, that Jesus has bought you and made you a member of His kingdom, He has brought His kingdom to you and extended His ruling activity within your heart. That is to say, He has made you a Christian, He has kicked out the devil, He has made you clean, He has brought you and made you His own. And so we pray, Thy kingdom come that God's kingdom may continue to remain strong among us, the ruling activity of Christ may remain strong among us, but also there's people outside your church doors, in your neighborhood, at your grocery store, that don't have the peace that the demoniac ended up having when he was restored from the possession. They don't have, they have the pain (laughs) that this woman had, Um, maybe a spiritual pain, maybe a physical pain, um, but they have it. And even if they don't know it, because they're not members of the kingdom of Christ. And so what is it that we can do? We can point them to Jesus, exactly like that man in the region of the Gerasenes. Go home and tell people how much God has done for you today. Thanks so much for joining us here at the Raise with Jesus podcast. God bless your day.